A Sunday afternoon extra inning win against the Rays brought a sigh of relief. But how long does that relief last? The Yankees have played three series so far this season and have won just one. Next up is the Blue Jays and another meeting with the Rays after that. Can they flip the script and bring smelling salts to this early season malaise? We welcome in friend of the program, Yes Network announcer Ken Singleton to talk Yankees and his upcoming retirement. A busy edition of the Pinstripe Pod. Hit your ears next from the New York Post. All right, here's a pitch straight on. Hello and welcome back to the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast with the New York Post. It's Chris Sheeran here with four-time World Series champion Yankees great Jeff Nelson. You could follow me on Twitter at Chris Sheeran, yes, and Nelly at NYNelly43 and Instagram at Jeff.Nelson43. New episodes of the pod drop on Mondays and Thursdays. Go give us a five-star rating and write in a positive review on Apple Podcasts. We surely do appreciate it. You'll hear our producer, Jake Brown, pop in during the show. Uh, this one's going to be special when he pops in because he caught a home run ball. Of course, it was at City Field. We'll get into that later. Friend of the program, Yes Network Yankees broadcaster Ken Singleton joins us later in the show. But first, it's Nelly and Sherney, and we start with the Yankees escaping St. Petersburg with just one win in that three-game set with the Rays. Over the last three seasons and the beginning of this season, Jeff, since 2018, the Yankees are 25 and 26 against the Tampa Bay Rays. They avoid the sweep on Sunday with the 8-4 win in 10 innings. But, but Jeff, and I know it's supposed to be positive because they escaped with a win, but they gave themselves every opportunity to lose that game on Sunday, especially the base running. Brett Gardner, I can't use enough superlatives how much I like Brett Gardner, but his base running error in the ninth, followed by Judge's base running error in the tenth, that was the second out, by the way, before Odor saved them. But it just seems like the fundamentals, it, it, they're just lacking. It looks like they're pressing in game nine already. Well, yeah, nine games, and, you know, again, we don't want to push the panic button. And we will go over that so-called catch-the-home-run ball that I saw bounce around the seats and maybe <laughs> might have landed in somebody's lap. So I don't know about catching. So he stole the home run ball? Yeah, maybe from a little kid, actually. <laughs> the old five-bouncer, you know, the five-bouncer into my hands. Because <laughs> once I knew that he did it, I wanted to see the replay. And I'm like, wait a minute, I, I, let me see where this – he actually caught it. And then I saw it hop around. It was like a ten-hopper, and it, like, landed in his lap. Always have Nelly to bring me back down to earth from my high horse. <laughs> it's a COVID home run ball. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was exactly. socially distancing myself from the ball. Just to be <laughs> I saw a couple people dive out of the way. <laughs> and then I, then I saw, oh, there's Jake. You know, it's, it's through the first nine games, they just not have been a complete team. You know, every single aspect of their game has gone wrong. I mean, whether it's defensively, uh, you look at your starters. Kluber did not look good the first game against the Rays. Herman winds up getting sent back, you know, from what we said before we went on. As Cherney said that, okay, his next time in the rotation, they needed a reliever or whatever. You know, this guy dealt in spring training. This is how much spring training means. Absolutely zero. But you come out of it with confidence. He does have a good arm, and you hope he hopefully turns it around. 
you know, the bullpen, you know, there's just not defensively. Torres just looks lost at shortstop. He's not a shortstop. It was nice to see LeMahieu go back at first. Jay Bruce has not been good at the plate, you know, through the first nine games. It just not has been a complete, not had been a complete team. I mean, they've made mistakes. They don't look like the best team in the American League leaving spring training with the way they were. No, no, they definitely don't, but it's only nine games in. But you can't treat fans like, well, it's early. Well, it's only nine games in because, and here's why, because the same warts, Nelly, that we've seen with this team the previous three or four years, especially in the postseason, they still show. And and the more they press, the more these warts show the hitting. They were one for 11 with runners in scoring position on Sunday before Odor came up and, and got the hit that gave them the 5-4 lead. Glaber Torres ended an 0-for-6 stretch with runners in scoring position with five strikeouts, by the way, to tie the game at four to get them into that extra inning setup. But it, it had to be a sigh of relief in that dugout big time because you're dealing with Aaron Judge getting thrown out at the plate on a ground ball to the left side. I mean, that I don't know what he was thinking when he's coming home, when, when the ball's hit to the left side, when, when you're trying to win a ball game. So he gets thrown out. And then Odor comes to the plate and you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, they just ran themselves out of another run. And you sit back in the couch and you're saying to yourself, Nelly, they're going to get swept here. It just seems like nothing was going right. And then Odor saves them with that base hit. Well, with Odor, after he shaved his beard, he looks like he's 20 years younger. The kid looks like, he looks like a little kid. I mean, oh my goodness. You know, he looked like he was 50 years old with the beard when he was with the Rangers. And then all of a sudden he has to get rid of the facial hair and he looks like he's 20. Yeah. Hopefully, like we said, what, last week that, you know, Odor has power. You know, he, yes, it's been in Texas and hopefully the change of scenery has helped. And that was a big hit for him. You know, that was nice to see. I mean, he was, what, 0 for 4 before that hit. And, you know, he came through and that's what he needed to do. Now he feels a little bit more a part of the team. He, you know, he was able to do something positive. And that's all you want from a new guy coming in a different organization, trying to make a statement, trying to make a stand. So that was, that was really good to see. And, I, you know, I, as far as the base running, I'm seeing more guys going on contact instead of reading the ball. You know, there's a, I can understand in certain situations. Okay. As soon as the ball's hit, you're going like Talkman, uh, when it was home a couple weeks ago or a week ago, when he went on contact, the ball, the ball, I think was hit to the second baseman with the infield in. You know, I don't understand that. I, I don't understand whether, okay, they're telling judge on contact, you got to go or, Hey, read it, make sure it goes through the infield. And especially as big as he is, you know, he's not a fast runner. He doesn't run really well. He's, he's a decent runner. It's been disappointing through the first nine games that they just haven't been a complete team. And, you know, this team is a really good team. This team might be still the best team in the American League, but they just not have been able to put it together. Uh, you know, through, I know it's been nine games, but it's still it's alarming to see the way they've been playing. Well, they, they usually say it's a negative Nelly. Well, Nelly's not negative. I'm the negative Nelly in this, in this tandem here. But even I will tell you that this team is scary good. And the, the offense should be able to make up for some sour pitching. But the pitching has, 
it's been solid. You know, it, it's had its issues with the home runs. The whole race series hasn't been solid. There, every single starter was terrible. But Herman and and Montgomery with the home runs. I mean, that has to turn around. You can't be giving up home runs. I don't care if they're solo shots or whatever. They're deflating shots when you're giving them up, especially when you're giving them up to the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, this is a team. That's basically last year and this year so far. I mean, it's only been three games, but you got to turn around and play them at home this coming weekend. They've owned the Yankees, you know, and, and they're still bitching and moaning and complaining about the Yankees hitting them because the disparity between, you know, the, the, the players getting hit has been more towards the Yankees hitting the Rays and the Rays hitting the Yankees. I think it's in the thirties for the Yankees and only 17 Rays pitchers have hit Yankee batters. I don't know why they're bitching about it. I mean, the other day, Montgomery, there was no intent there. I know, I know they're, I know they're getting hit and they're getting frustrated, but to, to, to do what they did after the game and have to hear Kevin Cash talk about it after the game, it's like, guys, you took two out of three. There's no intent. Pitchers have to be able to try to come inside. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nelly. Oh, no doubt. I mean, he didn't he didn't mean to hit Meadows. I know Meadows what got hit a couple times yeah, he uh, during this series. He didn't mean to hit Meadows. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And then both sides were warned. Uh, you know, and if you're Kevin Cash, if you want to talk about it, why talk about it through the media? Do something about it. If you think it's lopsided, have your guys go out and hit the right. Yankees. I mean, my goodness, don't sit there and cry the blues. Worry about making the moves. You already blew a World Series. You could have gone to Game 7, but all know your analytics, you know, and then all of a sudden your stupid opener uh, yesterday, you know, he did a decent job, and then you bring in Waka. Waka's just not the same guy as he used to be with the Cardinals. Uh, you know, it's just there's a lot more to worry about than how many times the Yankees have hit you and you have hit them, you know. Do something about it then. Quit crying in the paper. You, you know, it's just ridiculous. And the other thing is, do you really think Jordan Montgomery, who's trying to win a baseball game, is has it in the back of his head that he wants to hit these guys? He doesn't want to put anybody on. He doesn't want to put himself behind the eight ball. He wants to get guys out. And in order to get guys out in this league nowadays, when pitchers have to basically put the ball right down the chute, oh, did you hear how far that ball? I don't care how far the home run went. You're down four runs. Uh, you're going to sit there to, oh, well, he hit a 458. I don't care. I don't care. Just win ball games already and, and let pitchers come inside. I would rather see 3 nothing games, 2 nothing games, 2-1, 3-2, than these 10 nothing, 10-7, 12-8, all these games that are with all these runs, they drive me nuts. That's, to me, that's not baseball at all. Montgomery didn't have his great stuff yesterday. You know, he was throwing a few change-ups back-to-back, like two, three in a row. He did get hurt by them. Uh, Kluber, you know, I know he's thrown a lot of cutters in the past, but I watched him the first game against the Rays on Friday, and it was just cutter, 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 cutter. And, you know, when he gets ahead, it does, it is a little bit nasty. But, again, if you're going to keep continuing to throw cutters to righties, you need to come inside at some point to get him off of that outside pitch or at least open up the outside pitch. He's not coming inside at all. So they're either waiting for him, that cutter to get out over the plate, which they did and took advantage of it. I just hope he lasts. I mean, anytime I see guys that throw nothing but cutters, they, they lose all of their velocity because of the way, that, the way they're throwing. So it's a little alarming to me that he's throwing nothing but cutters, no fastballs whatsoever, or he'll mix one in. I, I know he was cutter happy in the past, but when you don't have great stuff, you have to try to mix some fastballs inside to righties. 
Herman did not look good. You know, once he starts going on the road, and luckily it was in Tampa that you're going to get a few Yankee fans. I mean, but he's going to start hearing some stuff when he goes to different places. And hopefully that doesn't play a part in his head because he has not looked good on the mound. And then Montgomery didn't look good. And now all of a sudden you have to look for your savior, savior in Cole. Uh, so hopefully he can snap thing, turn things around because, you know, he's about the only guy right now in the rotation that's been consistent. Well, we're going to see Kluber in this Blue Jay series that's coming up next for the Yankees. He's scheduled to go uh, in the day game, the uh, getaway game on Wednesday. Why do you think, Nelly, he's relying so much on his cutter? Is it because he might not want to throw his fastball? Does he think he doesn't have enough juice on his fastball? Why do you think he's that one pitch happy? If you look at his analytics through the years, he's never really been – you know, the, you, his fastball usage has always been around 40%. Or, and over the last couple of years, it's gone down, you know, about into the 30s. And he's always thrown a lot of cutters. He's always thrown a lot of off speed. But if you've noticed in the past when he was with Cleveland, obviously he'll never get back to that way of pitching when he won the two Cy Youngs. But he did move his fastball in and out. The fastball velocity was a little bit harder. He was He was never an overpowering guy, but it was at least 92 to 94. And, you know, he's just not using his fastball to set up that cutter. Uh, you know, it's, he's getting behind guys. If you see, it's a lot of deep counts. And when he gets into deep counts, it, it's almost like everybody knows what's coming. Hey, here comes the cutter. Here comes the cutter. We know he's going to throw the cutter. When he gets behind the count, here, here comes the cutter. And he's throwing it out over the middle of the plate. Now, he has thrown some nasty ones, but those nasty ones have been when he's been ahead of the count and they've been to right-handed hitters and they've been down and away and he's gotten some swings and misses out of them. But when he's behind, it's a meatball out over the middle of the plate and that fastball around the zone is he's not mixing it. He's not throwing to all four quadrants like he used to. You can get away with 90 to 91 as long as you're mixing in, you know, something inside, painting the outside part of the plate, maybe climb the ladder a little bit with a fastball. There's a lot of outs upstairs nowadays with the, with these hitters because all they do, they have the uppercut, the launch angle and all that stuff. So you can pitch up around the letters at 91, 92. He's just cutter happy. And when that happens, you're like, uh oh, he's already had arm problems. Is that going to result in more problems? All right. Well, we're going to keep our eyes on that on Wednesday. Definitely. We're going to see Garrett Cole. Uh, he goes in game one of this three game set. He opposes Robbie Ray, who's making his first start of the year after falling down the steps with his, uh, child uh, in his hands. Thankfully, both of them are all right. And then Jamison Tyone, as David Cohn said, we get another shot of Jamison. That's uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m. He takes on Hyunjin Ryu. And then uh, Wednesday, of course, it's Kluber and Ross Stripling. Stripling, of course, is the only Blue Jays pitcher the Yankees were able to get to and get a win in their first series with Toronto to open up the season at home. These three, of course, are in Dunedin, their minor league park. And uh, Jeff, we look forward to those three games and seeing all those pitchers, uh, but we did see uh, the best pitcher in the league throw a 100-mile-an-hour pitch, and our own Jake Brown being involved in running that ball down. How about that? Yeah, it, was a, it was a wild sequence. Of event. Let me give you the, qu- the quick, abrupt timeline was that the game was a sellout, so tickets were going for like $100 on StubHub, and you would never think that for a Mets-Marlins game in April – but because of 8,000 fans, because people couldn't afford Thursday, people had work Thursday, I ended up searching Mets tickets on Twitter and just clicking latest tweets. And I found a dude that was selling Coke Corner, if you've been to City Field, home run territory, 302, row one, for $15 each. 
I was almost like, bro, are you sure you don't want to set? I gave him an extra $5 because I felt bad. I mean, he could have made $100 a ticket on StubHub, and he was selling to me 30 for the pair. I'm like, yes, I will take them and send him an extra 5 bucks to get himself a 20-piece nugget. So I, I get the seats <laughs> before the game, and I post a tweet, like, look for me in home run territory, like the bottom of the first. Probably seven minutes later, a home run flies up there, 100-mile-hour fastball. I'm, my heart's racing. It, it's coming. It's coming. I'm like, no, this is going to be above me. The first thing I did was instinctively – Sports Center top 10. Got my hat out in case it went over the rail so I could scoop it and either be in the not top 10 or the top 10. Then it went above me. The girl I was with was petrified. In the video you see, she's like hiding underneath me, scared for her life, which I don't know why people do that because you're still going to get drilled if you're hiding. And uh, it goes above me about two rows. I don't. They didn't get it. It went like towards the aisle, bounced, bounced, and then I went over her and grabbed it. And in the video, there's a guy almost hounding me from behind. He came from 10 seats down. He was not social distancing because he was on top of my back. <laughs> he probably got vaccinated. He's good. Yeah, and I didn't even realize, but in the video, you see him like ready for a sneak attack, and I wish I knew that. I would have gave him some dirty looks during the game. But, yeah, and then I caught it and was shaking and literally from then on was getting heckled. Throw it back. Throw it back. Your girlfriend's going to break up with you, you loser. She's going to dump your ass. And even in the eighth inning, hours later, when it was one nothing, people, I was getting the blame for catching the only run of the game. It was your fault Michael Conforto can't hit a beach ball if they rolled it into him yet. <laughs> it was, it's Jake Brown's fault that the Mets. Yeah, after sticking his elbow out over the yeah, plate as his first strike. Uh-huh. Oh, they, my they, God. Left, they left a seven-line army on the base pass. They were in center field sitting at the game, and then they were in the base pass as well. I mean, yeah, that was bad. But, uh, yeah, the whole game, then it blew up on Twitter. But, guys, I think – this is a Cubs thing. I don't know why it came across baseball. You know, for me, it was special. I've spent so much money on this team, so much heartache, so much lost hair, so much depressed food eating, so much high BMI to get to this point. And finally, I got there, and people want me to throw it back, and I screamed back at them. I said, I've been in 400 games in my life. I'm not throwing this ball back. And a couple of people clapped. They were like, yeah. And then they you say, never throw the ball back. I mean, screw, heck with you that. Never throw. It's so stupid. It's- How's a girlfriend not getting the ball? Because <laughs> she hasn't been to 400 games and is not a huge baseball fan. Wow, I'm the fan. She wow. doesn't want it. She she doesn't care about it. I don't ball, know. Right? She might have. That might have been a good gesture instead of a little no, kid. First off, she, Here we go, honey. You know, but. Let me, let me put that out there. Not a girlfriend, but we've been also. Oh, this hasn't been the uh, Tinder date one that you've been seeing. No, it has. This is Bumble. Oh, well, you use the word girlfriend. That's like you, you know, it's it's tied down. You're you're locked up. But yeah, but how many times have you dated her? I mean, that could have been a good gesture. That could have been a good, you know. Now she's sitting at home saying, "Oh, I saw this. The guy you were with caught the ball. How come he didn't give it to you?" No, she knew how much it meant to. She knew she was like she was happy for me. She was probably annoyed because I was checking Twitter all day and stuff and not paying as much attention to her. I don't understand because they do it at Yankee Stadium too, and and they they try to coax like little kids who bring their glove. For oh that. yeah, that that one reason. Why would a kid in right field at Yankee Stadium bring a glove? There's no other reason other than to catch a fly, uh, uh, catch a home run. Whether yeah. yeah. Whether it's the Yankees or Jeffrey Mayer, for crying out loud. <laughs> you remember Stanton got hit in Boston. Remember they hit it over the Green Monster and he got hit by the guy throwing it back? Exactly. Well, there's a couple other factors to this. One, about five, ten minutes later, security came down. He said, you're not throwing that back, right? Because 
you basically get thrown out if you throw it back. And I was getting some color, man. It was sunny. I was right in the sun. I'm getting a free 10, no beach bum needed. And why would I want to leave the game? Because I threw a ball back just because I got, you know, peer pressure. Why the hell are you going to get kicked out of a game that you paid $15 a ticket for? (laughs) Yeah. And also, I mean, I I didn't see got a $25 ball. Yeah, and I didn't shout like behind me. I work in sports media and host a Mets podcast. Like that's another. <laughs> it's it's another factor though because sometimes I do get credentials, and it's a terrible look for me if I'm doing something you're not supposed to yeah. do, yeah. and it, you know, and that easily is going to be out there. And I don't want to risk, you know, not having Pete Alonzo on the podcast because I threw a ball in the well, field. You could have done that and you could have promoted the damn podcast in the upper deck, Jake. Right, what, exactly. What's your problem? Yeah. Well, I did kind of, I had the amazing but true t-shirt on, so I could have did a little Superman and uh, opened up my jersey for that, but I did. There you go. Well, the first game I took my ex-fiance to was David Wells' perfect game. Just throwing that out there. That was the first game ever she's ever been to. First baseball game in her life. It was David Wells' perfect game. And I found the uh, ticket stub to that just yesterday in the move. So uh, I'll be putting that on the poster that I have in my office of Wells being hoisted up on his teammate's shoulders. So uh, there's that, Jake. Yeah, and listen, it, it was also history, I realized, after the game. It was the first 0-2 pitch DeGrom's ever given up for Homer. So that's kind of cool. And what, what made it more funny, there's just so many layers to the story, was that Gary, who's always perfect, Gary Cohen, the best broadcaster in baseball, he said that's his first career Homer. So I had people tweeting me like, you have to give that back to him. You have to give that back to him. his third. It was his third, and he messed up. So everyone who didn't listen 10 seconds later when Gary corrected himself and you know, just wasn't paying attention, said this is his first homer. Doesn't bother to Google it that he had two last year. I was almost in the limelight of I had to give it back. Now I think I'm good, but we'll see if he uh, if he hits me up. Everybody's bugging me to try to get it from you so I can get it because you hit it off of Degrom. But I'm like, who cares? I mean, he'll $1, probably $1, hit many more. A thousand dollars is my asking price. Let him know. All right, joining us now on the program for the third time, making him a big-time friend of the program, 1983 World Series champion with the Baltimore Orioles, three-time All-Star, and uh, one of our best friends here, Ken Singleton. He's also a colleague of Nelly and mine on the Yes Network. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate it. Good morning, guys. Before we talk about the Yankees, we wanted to ask you, about your retirement from broadcasting again it was announced that this would be your last year we we have heard that in the past though is this one for real mr singleton yeah you know I, i've mentioned it as you said and uh, you know our boss mr Filippelli, uh, john Filippelli, the executive producer of the yes network is in the past when i've made these announcements about halfway through the season he's, he's called me and says look you got to come back and um I, i've been willing to do so but this time i you know, there are other things involved now. I don't do as many games as I used to. You know, I've, I've been easing out on my schedule, so to speak. And uh, now it's gotten to the point where I, I, I can see the end game. I can see that all this lack of work, so to speak, you know, not that I don't follow the team. I, I watch just about every single game. I can see that there are other things that I really enjoy. You know, one of the things being, uh, you know, watch my grandkids play ball. You know, watch my grandson play baseball and my granddaughters. Uh, play soccer and uh you know I, i'm down here in florida right now I'm, I'm headed back up north uh next week but uh the thing about it is that uh i've already missed some of their games it's getting warm enough up there for them to start playing 
and uh, you know I want to go see him play and offer uh, my expertise at least in baseball, maybe not so much in soccer. But uh, I'll leave that to my daughter-in-law because she was an All-American soccer player. That, that, that's the sort of things that I, I like doing. I like being around my friends, although with this COVID situation, that it's been a little bit more difficult. Things uh, are beginning to ease a bit, and uh, I like hanging out with my former teammates, and, and uh, particularly on the golf course. So I, I, can, I can see that this year I, I still enjoy my job. I'm not going to do that many games this year. Uh, I'm not sure the number overall. But I know I'm supposed to do the last series of the of the season, and a few more before that. And uh, you know, then I'll be on my way. I'll leave it to uh, guys like Nelly to get the job done. And you, Chris, <laughs> I mean, you, I'm leaving it in great hands. Well, Kenny, being in the media, you have to you know try to pick words out from interviews and stuff. And I will pick out one that you said. I think. So from the dumber and dumber line, there's still a chance and there's still a chance that Kenny comes back. There's still that chance that you might come back. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I really don't think so. That maybe that's a poor choice of words on my part. I, I just, uh, Do you find yourself not watching ba- as much baseball I, I, as, as in the past. You know what? I, I don't know. I, I don't. Now I feel that I'm relegated. I have to watch it because I, I have to keep up with what's going on. And, of course, the Yes Network does a great job of uh, informing their fans and me as well as to what's going on with the team. There's times where I might want to go on a summer vacation somewhere and just leave my iPad or, or my uh, Yes app somewhere else and uh, just, you know, do what I want to do for a few days and not feel obligated to keep up and see every single play. I've already talked to one of my former teammates. You, you remember Al Bumper? Right. So I just drive around the country. And playing and playing golf courses, just set it all up. And where you go from town to town, you know, drive a few hundred miles every day, and you know, play the next golf course around the country. Just turn, maybe go all the way to California, turn around and come back. So uh, you know, maybe we'll do that. Uh, that. That sounds like fun to me. You get in touch with your teammates again. This would be the last time we probably get to be able to do something like that. So. Uh, Well, Kenny, I'm very selfish and I have to be completely honest here. Watching a game, especially with you and David Cohn, when when you two were paired up in the booth on Yes, uh, it was like baseball 101 uh, for somebody like me. I had one of the best one one of the best hitters from when I was growing up and and one of the best pitchers also uh, later on in my life. And it was it was the game from both perspectives. And you, I always, I, I say this honest to God, and I, I, I say this to all the classes I talk to, whether it's college or high school, I'm going to be 48 this year. And I learn, I still learn something about the game I love every day, every year. I learned something new. And when you and Coney were in the booth together, it was like a clinic. It was like watching the baseball bunch and a baseball game at the same time. <laughs> no, it, it was such a, it was so enjoy. It was such an enjoyment. And my, my late father Love that pair as well. And you know that I've told you time and time again, my father would always tell me, make sure you tell Kenny, you know, him and Coney are just such a great listen. Yeah. So believe you me, Mr. Singleton, you're going to be missed. Well, I, I appreciate that, Chris. Uh, the fact is that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create baseball fans and, and get baseball knowledge out there. You know, baseball is uh, one of those games where, you know, it, it, it appeals across generations. And for you to be sitting there with your father watching games or, you know, me watching a game with my grandson now uh, and my son, it's one of those things that you sort of pass it on. My dad passed it on to me. 
I passed it on to my kids, and now my grandkids are getting into baseball. Baseball's fun. It's it's relaxing to me. You know, people talk about speeding up the game, putting all these weird rules in. I can see that, but uh, the thing is, it has its own pace. You know, some of the things they're trying to do, you know, they should think about it a little bit more. I mean, they, you don't want to create this hybrid of baseball that, you know, in the future is going to take even more explanation to people who don't understand the game. Well, I called my first yes game in Arizona with the great Ken Singleton and what a great experience that was. So I'll always remember that. I grew up in Baltimore, so I, I was a huge Oriole fan and huge Ken Singleton fan. And, and you know, and you're going to have a golf tournament coming up in June. You mentioned golf before, and I'm going to have the pleasure and thanks for the invite of playing and, and seeing a lot of the guys that I played basketball with in the winter and worked out with when I was a a young minor league player and watched on TV, but talk a little bit about your golf tournament coming up here in June. Well, uh, thanks for bringing it up. Now it, it's in benefits the cool kids campaign, which uh, what we do is we, we help kids and their families who are dealing with cancer issues. Uh, this will be the 12th year of the tournament. I've been involved with the cool kids for about 14 years now. Uh, Chris Federico is the president of the late Robbie Belanger was uh, uh, really involved with Mark Belanger's son. Mark was my teammate. Robbie, unfortunately, passed away due to cancer, as did his dad. Mark, who was a fantastic shortstop, eight-time gold glove winner, a best fielding shortstop I ever played with. He was probably the most organized, and that's why he worked for the Players Association when he was finished playing. All the services we provide for the kids and their families are free. We give them rides to their treatments if they need them. We provide uh, tutoring for the kids who, uh, you know, when, you, when you're getting cancer treatments, you miss a lot of school. So we have retired teachers, and we also have uh, students from Towson University who are uh, becoming teachers come in to help these kids with their studies. Anything that these, we have um, a newsletter that we put out. We send out gift baskets to kids all over the country. And we just, anything we can do to help the families who are dealing with this issue, we have um, Mommy and Me Night to bring Santa Claus in for big parties. Couldn't do that this year, but big parties uh, during Christmas time and the holidays. We just do anything we can to help uh, these families who are dealing with cancer. And uh, hopefully one day we'll be able to stop this, you know, it'll be over with. But the, the thing is that right now, one reason I got involved because both my parents died from cancer. And I felt it was a fitting way for me to try and honor them, you know, help these youngsters out. My parents live long lives, but when you see kids dealing with cancer, it's, it's a little different. It really tugs at your heart. Yeah, it has touched the lives of many people, and it's uh, very it's yeah. very touching that, that you're doing this. Is there a website, Ken, that, that people can go to and, and donate? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, thanks for asking, Chris. It's uh, coolkidscampaign.org. Uh, the, all the information is right there, uh, plus the information about my golf tournament. One of the things that they're you know, I might have forgotten or, or, or left out that cool kids are involved with fundraisers around the Baltimore area and around the country. Uh, we also have other golf tournaments. Mike Ruzioni has one in uh, Massachusetts. The Ruzioni, of course, uh, scored the winning goal against the Russians back uh, back in the Olympics. Uh, Dennis Martinez is going to have one uh, in November in uh, in uh, West Palm Beach. Part of the proceeds will go to uh, uh, cool kids. And Dan Jansen, the former oh, nice. yeah. leader and gold medal winner. Yeah, he has one in Charlotte. So we have uh, four tournaments. All of the proceeds go to the cool kids. Now, one thing we're, we're thinking of doing and we're talking about 
is having a super tournament, which will involve all four of the tournaments and uh, people from all four of the tournaments, the sponsors from all four of the tournaments. And I've got to thank our sponsors all throughout these tournaments that uh, really help us out tremendously. Uh, and uh, we're thinking of getting uh, a super tournament. We, we early stages, so we're not really sure where we're going to have it and what time of the year we're going to have it. But uh, all things point towards Florida in the, in the wintertime because it's not hard to get people come down to Florida in the winter. So I, I, I hopefully we can get this done and just create this super tournament. It'll probably be over three days, maybe more, and maybe more than one golf course involved. So uh, it, that would be a lot of fun. Well, that's great work. I mean, outstanding. I'm looking forward to it in June here in a, another month or so. Well, Kenny, we'll talk a little bit about the Yankees so far. It's only been nine games, but – you know, I we talked a little mm-hmm. bit about it. I just haven't been playing as a complete team. What have you seen so far with the way that the Yankees have gone about the beginning of the season? Yeah, I think the pitching has been pretty good, particularly with He's really thrown the ball well. And I think the Yankees have found the role that he, he kind of fits in best uh, at this point. He can go multiple innings. He's got great stuff. It seems to me he's uh, got command of all of his pitches right now. I think the offense has been kind of inconsistent. Uh, maybe this uh, win in the final game of the series against the Rays will get them going. They got some big hits in that extra inning win, but they need to be more consistent, hit better with runners in scoring position. I'm not really worried about that so much because they do have a prolific offense. I think they will get going. The defense has been kind of iffy, but it, it can be better. I, I still think they're going to win the division pretty handily. I think once they get going and get some guys back, or, you know, they get Britain back. Uh, into the bullpen that just solidifies that part of the team even more so. Uh, I just think uh, when Luke Boyd comes back, for sure, uh, that'll give them another big bat, and hopefully he doesn't try to get in there too soon. I know the Yankees are pretty good about making sure that everybody's ready when they come back from injury and just trying to avoid them being hurt again. So I'm looking forward to uh, these guys getting back. And I just think with a matter of time, they get into a rhythm, Get off to what is, get off to a bit of a slow start, and then they get going. So. Yeah, it's only nine games, and everybody says it is. It's yeah. early. It is early, but the the concern most fans like if you watch, and I, we were just talking about this off the air before we started taping, Ken, and and the guys laughed when I said it, but there could be a show for the Yankees or the Mets where two people just watch the Twitter feeds of both of these teams and just com- <laughs> they live and die on every pitch. I mean, I've never seen something like this. I, I wasn't like that growing up. There, obviously there wasn't social media going on. You couldn't, you know, put out your, your yeah. feelings for every pitch, but to me, it, it is still early, but the, the concern with fans that I'm getting on Twitter is that the things that have been going on with this team the past three or four years, especially in the postseason, and you brought it up, the inconsistency at the plate and the defense. When those when those start rearing, showing their ugly heads, I mean, that's when fans start to worry. I know we've got a lot of games left. Uh, if I could do the math really quick in my head, 162 minus 9 is what, 150. Three. So there's a lot of baseball to yeah. be played as we tape this year before they start their second series with the Blue Jays down in Dunedin. But uh, based on these nine games, Ken, with the fans angst being what it is, what would be possibly your main concern with this team so far? Both the Yankees and the Mets, they have very passionate fan bases. You know, they're 
lot of expectations with the Yankees. I mean, they've won the World Championship 27 times. Their fans expect them to win every year. You know, I've been there 25 years. They've had a winning record every year. Now they don't win the World Series every year. It's been a while since they won one early on here. So they've only played teams within the division so far. And they've lost two series. The easiest way to make sure it's a live-by playoff is to win your divisional games and hammer the guys in your own division. Uh, a couple of years ago when the Yankees won their division, the reason why they won it because they wore out everybody in the division. They, they had a winning record against every single team, and they really hammered teams like the Orioles and the Blue Jays in particular. Well, the Blue Jays played them better than anybody else that year. But everybody else, the Yankees handled pretty well. I mean, these are the teams you play the most, so these are the teams you have to play the best against. Now, the first series against the Jays, they lost two out of three. The series against the Rays here, they lost two out of three. They took two out of three from uh, from Baltimore. And in a way, people would say, well, that's good enough because they finally lost a home game against against Baltimore. So I, I think now they got the now they got a series against the Jays coming up down here in Florida. So they, they're going to have to take care of the business within their own division and uh, just keep these teams, hold them off, as you will. You are the cousin, I've realized, of Doc Rivers. And the Sixers yeah. are right there with the Brooklyn Nets, where you could catch Chris Sheeran on the Yes Network pre- and post-game, as the best team in the Eastern <laughs> Conference. Are you texting Doc like uh, throughout the season, checking in on him at all? Yeah, Doc and I are uh, – part of a big family. We had uh, 26 cousins in the family. My mom had five sisters and a brother. And although most of them grew up in the Chicago area, like Doc did, I, I was the only one that grew up in the New York area. For each game, there's a timeline on Twitter. We uh, A lot of us watch the games and uh, we critique Doc and he gets back to, you know, we, we talk about how the team played that night and the Sixers have been playing really good. You know, this is his first year with the team. He really has them playing defense, which uh, uh, they're, they're one of the better defending teams in, in, in the um, in the league. And plus, you know, Joel Embiid, their, their big time center, is having a uh, an MVP type season. Uh, the Nets, as you mentioned, they're they're pretty tough too. I, I watch both teams. I, I look forward to when they play each other. And with the playoffs looming down uh, here, I'm sure that they probably need each other a chance to get out of the East and maybe present the East in the final. So we'll see. Doc is very good. He, right after games, you know, he's on the he's on the uh, on the cell phone timeline with the rest of us. You know, I, I miss my cousins. When we have a re- reunion, and we haven't had been able to have one in the last couple of years because of uh, COVID nineteen, but we we're going to have one uh, pretty soon coming up here. We've been to places like uh, Reunion Resort and. Uh, uh, in Orlando, we went to um, uh, Wisconsin for a reunion. Uh, we've been to Maryland. You know, they came uh, to Baltimore a couple of years ago for a reunion. So we, we we've got fifty, seventy five people show up. That uh, some of them I don't even know I'm related to, but I am. Uh, we have like the core group though of the older cousins now who are, are kind of run the show. Everybody calls him Doc, but his real name is Doc, <laughs> and that's that's what he is to us. It's, He's He's not so you, you have you have a core four of cousins. That's pretty cool. <laughs> How about this? I just have one more before I let you go, too. I, I remember very vividly, uh, it was a couple of years ago, obviously, with COVID-19 being around the past couple of years. But the last time I was down in Tampa, 
uh, you and I just shared the booth and and we did we did a podcast together uh, for the yesnetwork.com and we just basically talked for an hour before we did the podcast uh, before my idiot brain realized hey why don't you stop talking without a microphone in front of you and actually talk to Ken this is great stuff <laughs> But while we were talking, we were talking about your grandson, too, and how good of a shortstop and a pitcher he is. So I need to ask you how he's doing, how his, wow. how his baseball's coming along. He's 11 years old now, and he's getting stronger. This is Jackson. And uh, I just got to – he plays on multiple teams. He plays on two or three teams. Now, Little League uh, opened up the other day. It was his uh, first town Little League game. Now, he's already been playing travel. Right. And he's been playing great. They've already been down to Ripken Stadium in uh, in Maryland. Uh, Nelly knows that uh, Ripken has a great complex there. Several fields that replicate major league fields, including Yankee Stadium. That's awesome. And he had a great tournament down there. He played well. It was streaming, so I, I paid the fifteen bucks for him to watch <laughs> it. And he, he was great. Uh, he he uh, he came in relief. Uh, got out of an inning. Made a great fielding play pitching. He got a bunch of hits. And in the Little League opener yesterday, uh, Saturday, uh, he had four hits. He's a switch hitter. He had two hits right-handed and a double and a triple left-handed. So uh, four hits and a 14-2 to two win. And uh, he came in in relief again. And um, my, my son likes to bring him in in relief because he throws strikes. And uh, it's one pitch, he got out of the inning. It, it wasn't much because they won 14-2. to two. <laughs> He's coming along pretty pretty well. I've you know, I've got to alert the Yankees about him. Probably the best player ever to come out of South Jersey is Mike Trout. And the Yankees missed him by one pick in the draft. So uh, maybe from years to come, maybe maybe Jack Singleton will be, be the kid. We'll know. We'll, we'll, well can we clone him? Uh, because you said something very, very, very <laughs> special to me. Uh, two words, throw strikes. <laughs> and someone out of the bullpen who throws strikes needs to be cloned, Ken. <laughs> yeah, he starts every once in a while. They, my son's pretty good. He doesn't overuse it. To me, that's one of the dangers of youth Absolutely. pitching. Uh, watch the pitch count and make sure kids don't get overused. Think on Justin's tra Justin's the manager of the travel team. He has like six different kids who can pitch. He makes sure that none of them get overused. And uh, they also play multiple positions, too. I mean, Jackson plays everywhere on the field. He, he can catch. He can, he can do anything. And I think at that age, you play everywhere until you find what you really do best. And as you get to be a teenager and uh, into your later teens, then, then you kind of you know, specify what you can do best and, and specialize in that. Well, we're going to keep our eyes out for Jackson. He's only 11, but uh, he's not too far off from being considered uh, to be drafted. Uh, he's about six years away from being a senior in high school, so we'll, we'll keep our eyes on Jackson. Kenny, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, once again, 1983 World Series champion, three-time All-Star. He was in the top 10 in the MVP voting four times in his 15-year career. Uh, he's an MVP here on the Pinstripe Pod. Ken, thank you so much for being with us.
That says goodnight to episode 43, the Jeff Nelson edition. You know what that means, Jake? 43 shots of Jaeger of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, of course, and Brian Mungia for producing the show. Give Pinstripe Pod a five-star rating and write a nice review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate the support. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Shearer, and let's hope the Yankees can get redemption this week in Florida against the Blue Jays. Enjoy the series, and CeCe Sabathia joins us Thursday.